If you would please turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Now, we have moved through this chapter. We're at the end of this chapter now. We will look at chapter 9. And then we will, for the rest of the summer, we'll be taking just topics. We'll hit topics about family, about marriage, child rearing, um, those kinds of things. We'll be staying in the book of Proverbs, but we'll be doing topical as we go through. So today, though, we are going to wind up with Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 32. Let me begin reading there. Now, therefore, O sons, listen to me and... For blessed are they who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watch, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who, fi- he who sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love death. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this rich book of Proverbs. Lord, we thank you for Solomon, his desire to teach his son true wisdom. And ultimately, it points to your son, Jesus Christ, who is our wisdom for us. And Lord... May we glean some things today from this passage that will help us to apply these things to our life and work them out in our lives so that we can be pleasing and honoring to you. And may our chief end, may our primary purpose be to glorify you. May we use this passage to do that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I believe that due to our individualistic age, everybody's just individuals, and because of the heavy influence of charismatic movement, I think people are confused today about the way God speaks to His people. There's just a lot of confusion out there. Some people think that God speaks audibly to us as we shave or as we drive or as we are even in the supermarket shopping or whatever. And so they go through their life waiting for God to speak to them. Some people think, well, obviously that's silly. God speaks to us through His Word. But what they do is they just open the Word and read a few verses and and wait for God to speak that way. And and God will reveal to them, He'll tell them in some mystical way what He wants done that day and kind of independent of God's Word. And folks, that's really no better. That's no better way of God communicating. That's not a biblical way. For God to communicate either. Everyone wants to hear from God. We all do. I mean, that would be a a marvelous thing, but God does not work like that. We all want individual instructions every day, immediate and accurate. In fact, we want it guaranteed so, so that we don't mess up, right? But God does not work that way. Out of the 2,000 or the 6,000 years of man's history, his people have always been dependent upon his word, things that he has already spoken. And he really only speaks to a handful of people. There's only 40 authors of Scripture. And God speaks through his word what he has already written. And that's the amazing thing. He has spoken. He has already spoken. Now, the charismatic movement 
it kind of makes us want more saying, well, that's not sufficient. We've got to have it now. We've got to have it accurate. We've got to have it. But God has spoken. And what we see in Scripture is that He has called His children to a life of faith, to a life of faith in Him. And that's not faith in, you know, it's not faith if we get audible voices, audible instructions from God every day. That wouldn't be faith. We live by faith. And it honors Him most when we listen and obey God, what He has already communicated to man. And God does lead His children and He directs them, but He does that by the Word of God and by His sovereign control, His sovereign hand over their life. And and we are called to trust in God's Word, what He has stated, what He has written in Scripture to guide our lives. That's just the way it works, folks. Just the way it works. It's always been that way. There's nothing new there. Now, and it's consistent then with this passage in Proverbs chapter 8. This passage, we see man's responsibility is to listen and to hear what God has said. And that's kind of the emphasis here that wisdom is pointing out to us. In the past few weeks, we have seen wisdom personified, wisdom's personification. It's though wisdom has uh, taken on a human form and is sitting beside us and communicating to you why it's so important to listen to her. It's just a poetic device, though, to teach his son, Solomon is using, And at the end of chapter 8, she's drawing everything to a conclusion there and pulling all of the themes together, and she's reminding us. And the major command is to listen. We need to listen. We need to listen to her. And that's that's the main point, is that God's people are called to be in a state of constantly listening to God's wisdom. And again, it's something that's already been stated. Now, what does it mean then to listen to God's wisdom? What does it mean to listen to God? What do we mean when we say that from a biblical perspective? Now, we want to stick in this passage because I believe that uh, there's a lot of evidence, a lot of clarity that we can have from this about man's responsibility to listen to God and to God's wisdom. And there's two main points, two elements here that we need to understand. The first element here is that we need to understand biblical listening. Biblical hearing. Okay, what does that mean from a biblical standpoint? Because it's used just classically in this passage, the way it's used in Scripture. Now, it's a simple command, but it's used throughout Scripture. Uh, The word listen is 386 times in Scripture. The word hear is 531 times. That's pretty significant. Let me remind you of some of the verses that talk about listening. In Romans chapter 10, pretty significant verse, verse 17. So faith comes by what? Hearing. In hearing by the word of God. Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus draws to a conclusion and he says this. He says, everyone who hears these words of mine and obeys them. There's a hearing element. And an obeying element there. And in Matthew chapter 11 and in Revelation chapter 3, there's a little phrase that's used. He who has ears, let him what? Hear. He who has ears, let him hear. Those who are inclined, God has worked in your life and you're being drawn by God. He says, let them hear. God is working. You, you listen. You listen. And so we beginning to understand there's a, a little bit fuller understanding of the word listen than just 
just what we would think of just hear something. Just hear something. So let me give you five elements, and I believe they're in this passage, five elements of biblical listening. Biblical listening to wisdom. Number one, from verses 32, let me read this. Now therefore, O sons, listen to me, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Heed instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. Now the first few words, the first two words there give us the first indication that uh, listening is a decision. It's a decision that we need to make. Now, therefore, and what's happening is, again, wisdom is drawing things to a conclusion, drawing her appeal to a conclusion, and she's pushing for a decision like a salesman would push. She's bringing all the emphasis down on this one thing. You need to listen to me. And she's pushing for that decision to be made, to listen to wisdom. Now, we can choose what we listen to. We choose what we listen to. In fact, we can look at other people's lives and we can say, or, or a, a philosophy, and we can say, yeah, I want to listen to that guy. I want to hear what this guy has to say. I am drawn to him. I see what he is like. I see the way he leads his family. So I want to listen to him. We choose. We can choose to, to listen to NPR or CNN or Fox. Or we can choose to listen to Oprah or Dr. Phil. And we can choose to listen to the advice of our co-workers or the thinking of our day. But that's a choice that we make. We need to be careful and we need to look. Do I want to become like that? Do I want to listen to those people? We have to be careful. I grew up on country music. Just did. And I began to, even when I was young, I began to see a whole philosophy. Now, I didn't know what it was back then. I didn't call it a philosophy. But you begin to realize there's a whole philosophy that comes through country music. Every once in a while, I'll turn it on in my truck and and go down the road and just listen. I'm telling you, there's a not-so-hidden philosophy behind that. It used to be somewhat hidden, but it's not hidden anymore. And I can choose to, and I can decide, I have to decide, am I going to listen to that? Is that what's going to wash over my mind? And it's a decision. And we have to think, am I going to listen to that decision we have to make? Number two, number two, there's a matter of focus. Listening is a matter of focus. The emphasis here, if you look back at verse 32, now therefore, pushing for this decision, O sons, listen to me, and listen to me. That's the emphasis, to me exclusively, for blessed are they who keep my ways. And there's some exclusivity here. It's a matter of focus. We would take, when our kids were small, we'd take their heads in our hands and we'd, we'd just say, now, do you hear me? Are you listening? And we'd try to get into the habit of every time we'd give a command, we would say, now, do you understand? Just so that we know that they heard and they are listening. And we, we try to, to do that. Why? Because we have to block out all the other noises. We have to block out Everything else that's going on in their world, we have to get their attention. And that's what wisdom is doing to us. She's saying, focus here. Focus. We have to do that. We have to do that. We have to listen to God's Word, right? And there used to be what was called quiet time. When I was growing up, you'd have your quiet time. And they would call it quiet time because you would want to get away so that you can listen 
Listen to the word of God. Now, I think the way that was used is pretty shallow a lot of times because you, you just kind of listen, get some warm fuzzies from the word of God and you'd go away. And Really, I think we should call it study time. And even study time, we have to get away from the distractions of everything else and we have to listen, we have to focus. We have to cut out all of the distractions in our world. Number three is in verse 33. He says, heed instructions. Heed instructions and be wise and do not neglect them. Just heed instruction. Now, the, it's the same word as listen. There, it's three times, and this is one of the, the, the second times, that actually uh, the same word that was used before, but the translators understand the way it's being used is there's an emphasis on obedience. Heed instruction. So it has to include obedience, heeding instructions. That's hearing with the intent to obey. It's submitting to, submitting to what's being said. You must do it. You, you receive the command, but if you don't do it, you're really not listening. Sometimes my wife will say, well, you're not listening to me. Most of the time I'm hearing, I'm just not doing Right? You get the difference. And if she doesn't see me doing, then she assumes, rightly so, that I'm not listening. That I'm not listening. It has to include, there's an element in listening, there has to include, in in biblical listening, it has to include obedience. Number four, again in verse 33, at the end of verse 33, and do not neglect. There's a continuous action to listening. It's a continuous action. It's not something you do, okay, I, I did that before, I listened before, and now I've got it on, I don't have to listen again. No, it's a continuous action, and it says do not neglect or do not let go, don't forget, don't stop. It's a continuous action. And we must listen, and we must keep on listening. That's the idea here. We may use the phrase, well, he's no longer listening to his parents. We understand what that means. He's not really submitting himself to them. He's not listening to their instructions anymore. And that's the idea. He's not continuously walking in their instruction. And so there's, there's a decision, there's focus, there's obedience, there's continuous action. And the last one is it has to take effort. It takes effort. Look at verse 34. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at my doorpost. Now, if you were student back in this day, you would go to the teacher's house. And the indication here, you would be at Wisdom's house early in the morning and you would be waiting at the gate. So somebody come and let you in the gate. And then you get to the doorpost and you'd be waiting there, knocking on the door. When can I get in? There's an eagerness there. But there's an effort that has to be put forth. There's an effort that has to be there. There has to be some kind of sacrifice there for us to listen. An effort that we have to put forth. Our part in getting wisdom is we have to study God's Word. We have to read it. We have to study it. We have to meditate on it. Those are scriptural commands. And we have to get it. We have to do due diligence, we might say. But today we don't want to do that, do we? We have a a culture, we want it instantly. We want to know now. Uh, Today we just want, we don't want to wait on God. We don't want to study. We want answers immediately. 
We can Google them so we can get them now. But it takes effort and it takes waiting and it takes patience and it takes some study on our part. But there's an eagerness there that, that's included in this. An anticipation to looking forward to the answers that wisdom's going to have for me. So we go after this. Now, so what do we... Let's pull this together a little bit. Listening is a, a fuller term then in Scripture. And we see that here. But really you see that understanding of listening throughout Scripture. That's just the way it's used. Christ uses it the same way. Now we live in an information age, folks. An information overload age. We have an abundance of information. And we can listen to so much. It's like kids going to a circus and finding inside that circus there's a carnival. And inside that carnival there's a concert and it's full orchestra. And you have everything going on all at once. And you're listening to everything. Essentially you're not listening to anything. But you're picking up everything here and there just listening and wisdom is uh, trying to, above all the clamor, call out and say, listen to me, I have answers for you. That's wisdom. That's what's going on here. You say, well, now what does this mean? Number one, this means we have to what? We've got to listen. We've got to listen. I think listening to God is one of the biggest problems that the church has today. We're not really listening to God in God's word. We're, in fact, I think we're listening more to the world. I believe in our attempt to reach the world, we're trying to become relevant to the world, and we wind up listening to the world. We have a right theology, but I believe many times our values and our practices are just basically from the world. And I, I think there's a difference there. Instead of being distinct from the world by listening to God's Word, we just kind of cater to the world. And I think there's a warning there. I think we have to be very, very careful. We need to listen, make sure that we're listening to God's Word. We're listening to God and nobody else. You say, how do we do that? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. Now, let's think about this. How do we make sure that we're listening to God? Number one, let me give you four things. Number one, you have to take in the Word of God, right? We have to consume this book. We have to find out what did God say? What did he say? And we have to focus. We have to do due diligence. We have to start. That means for some of you, men especially, well, women, children, all of us, we need to start. If you are not taking in the word of God on a regular basis, you need to do that. You need to do that. You've got to be taking in the Word of God. If we're not taking in the Word of God, we're not listening to God, folks. That's the bottom line. Number two, you have to read for understanding. Not read for warm fuzzies. Not read for, you know, just, uh, just to be reading or to check off, I did this today. No, you read for understanding. That means going slow. If I don't understand a word, I have to look it up. I may have to call the pastor and say, hey, what do you think this means here? I get very few calls of people saying, hey, what does this passage mean? I get some, and I'm glad for those. Read, study, meditate. And then, number three, stay in it. Stay in one particular book until you come to an understanding. Okay, I understand what the big picture of this book is. And start with, you may have to start tomorrow. If if you're not doing it now, you need to start tomorrow. New month. 
Uh, June is, is upon us now, and we need to maybe start right from the beginning of the summer and say, okay, for the next three months, I'm going to take the book of James, or I'm going to take the book of Galatians. We're in Sunday school class now with the book of Galatians. It's a wonderful class already. We've had a good introduction there. The book of James, or the book of Romans, or the book of First John. And you stay in that book, and you read that for understanding, to understand what has God said, what is God saying here. What is the authorial intent, you might say? What's the flow of thought? You look for those things. And then you begin to apply. How can I apply this? Look for the commands in the Scripture. Look for the principles. Look for the warnings. Look for the praises. Look for the promises. You look for those things. Now, again, if you're not doing this, you're not listening to God. If you're not reading this book on a regular basis, you may say, oh, well, God's guiding my life. Not really. No, no, it's going to be through this book. So we must understand biblical listening, biblical listening. To do that, we have to open the Word of God. We have to read the Word of God, biblical listening. Now, let's go to point number two. Understand the urgency of listening. So, so wisdom has told us, now, now look, bringing everything together, it all boils down to one thing, you need to listen to wisdom. And the second thing, you need to do it with urgency. Look at verse 35. For he who finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me injures himself. That is to bring violence upon himself, essentially. All those who hate me love death. That's pretty strong. There's a flight or fight element to this. This is a matter of life and death. There's only two choices. The consequences of accepting God's wisdom is life. The consequences of rejecting God's wisdom is what? Death. There's only two choices. That's it. And I like what she says here. Wisdom says, for he who finds me finds life. That is, attains God's wisdom, finds life. And goes on to say, to obtain favor from the Lord. Now, this favor here is not salvation favor. But this is as wisdom begins to mold our lives as Christians, molds the Christian life, there's a richness and a fellowship that comes with the Lord. That's a wonderful thought, favor with the Lord. There's a richness to our our relationship with Him. The more that we listen to wisdom, and that produces within us, folks, life. Life. Real, real life. Now, life has always been associated with this book. It just has. You just go through, read from Genesis to Revelation, and you look up the word life or read every time that it's mentioned, and you'll see it's connected to the Word of God many times. Let me show you one place. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, from the very beginning of Moses' dealing with the children of Israel, he tells them this, Now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I am teaching you, to perform so that you may have life. And throughout that book, the book of Deuteronomy, he connects life and listening to the Word of God. It's life. David picked up on that, and he said several times throughout the Psalms that this Word, your Word, it has given me life, he says. God's wisdom leads us to God who gives life. That's the pattern. That's what we see. 
Christ understood that. In fact, not only gives life, it sustains life. And so Christ, what he said in Matthew chapter 4, and he was dealing with Satan, he says, man should not live by bread alone, but by every what? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He understood it not only gives life, but it sustains our life. It sustains our life. It's life. And in contrast to that is death. There's two choices, life or death. And if you reject wisdom, you are sinning against wisdom. I like the way she says that. Sinning against It's the same word that we would think of in the New Testament. One of the words for, for sin is missing the mark. Remember that? Shooting the arrow and just completely missing the target altogether. Missing the mark. And if you miss her, you sin against her, you're missing it, and you're going to injure yourself. And those who hate me love death. Now, that's insane to, to love death. That only people who are out of their minds want death. Now, I'm not talking about the Paul said, you know, to me is greater to, to die, really. No. No, we, we all want life. But here's what happens. If we don't love what God loves and hate what God hates, then we will wind up loving death. We will be on the wrong side. We'll be loving the wrong things. Now let's put this in perspective a little bit. Wisdom is putting it to us. She she is putting force behind this appeal. So remember, the past three or four weeks, we've been listening to wisdom. Why you should listen to wisdom. And now she's bringing it down. You need to listen. And if you don't listen, it's a matter of life or death. Now, that's pretty strong. That's pretty strong language. She is the only real option. Wisdom is the only real option that we have if we want life. And we need to understand what's at stake. You see, why is there such an urgency here? I think the urgency is an important thing. When I was in high school, I played basketball. And we would just go down and play street ball wherever we could find a goal. And it would, it would be casual, right? We would just kind of have fun with it. We, we wouldn't get too intense. But when we would go to practice, it would be a little bit more intense, right? You can understand that. Coaches uh, are going to tell us some drills, so we practice those drills. But even then, you know, it's a little lax. When the coach is watching, though, it gets really intense. We try a little harder. There's a little bit of an urgency there. And he's preparing us for what? The big game. And when we get into a game, we try even harder. And it's more intense. And there's a reason for that building up. There's a reason for that. Because you have to be alert. You have to be aware and ready to do battle almost. And so there's an urgency. There's a push here to know the Word of God. Because it is a battle. There's an urgency here. And we don't want to be in the wrong category here of those who are chasing after death. Now remember, the wages of sin is what? Death. You, you, you chase sin, you're chasing death. You chase something other than wisdom. You're going the wrong direction. You're going your own way. Now, let me remind us of 1 Peter chapter 2, where Peter says, you are to not be babes, but as babes, you are to long for the true milk of the Word. It's the same idea. There's an urgency there. There's a push. What happens if a baby just stays a baby? Spiritually, we, we can do the same thing. You just stay a baby. You know what? You, you're pretty vulnerable as a baby. You don't have muscle tone that you need to have. And in battle, babies are no good. 
You have to grow. There has to be that intensity, that growth, easing into it, I understand. But there has to be that maturing process in order for us to grow. And I'm reminded, every time I read that verse, I think of those little baby birds. You know, when a mother brings the worm and you've got four or five little baby birds and their mouths are just wide open there. They're all wanting that worm. And folks, that's the way we are to be after the Word of God. We're just opening our our mouths. Lord, feed us from this Word. Tell us. Let us understand this Word. And folks, we can. The Holy Spirit lives within us. He will illumine us, illumine our minds. He will do that. Let's just apply this quickly. Be aware and just make some warnings here. Number one, it is a sin not to listen to God's wisdom. That's pretty strong language. It's a sin not to to just walk away as though God has not spoken. It's a sin. It's a sin. And let me go further than that. It's an indication of the heart. It kind of shows what's going on in the heart. Jesus said, if you love me, you will what? Keep my commandments. You're going to listen. You're going to process that. And those commandments are going to be lived out in your life. There's going to be that process of listening there. And if we are not faithfully, obediently listening to the Word of God, that's an indication that we really don't love God. That's pretty strong, I know. But wisdom is strong here. She's putting a big punch to the end of this thing because she knows how important this is. And if we think that we are saved and we go about as though God does not speak, go about as God has not spoken, then we're just being foolish We cannot ignore His Word and think that everything's okay. We have to be in the Word. We have to take it in. We have to understand it. Process it in our life. Not just take some theology out there, which is theology is good, but we need it from the Word. We have to understand and know the Word. God's Word is not to be played with. And I'm afraid that there's many pastors in the pulpit today that are just treating this Word as just an entertainment element. They could just make us laugh and make it so funny. And and the soberness of this is lost. And that scares me because people's lives are at stake. So we have to take this seriously and soberly. And number two, we have to be careful not to listen to the world. We have to be careful not to listen to the world. Can you point out the world's philosophy? Listen to NPR for many, many years. And I began to see a little philosophy that was going on there. Everything had a little slant. Same thing with Fox News. You listen to Fox News. You listen to CNN. They have their slant. They have their biases, don't they? And you begin to listen and you think, huh, I don't know if I want to see the world from that perspective. I better check and see what I'm listening to, what philosophy I'm buying into. And folks, there's plenty of philosophies. The world has plenty of philosophies for us. Pragmatism, mysticism. Boy, that's becoming a thing today. Moralism, psychology, pop Christian thinking. But it's not biblical. The passage that Dave read for us earlier, First John 4, he said, test the spirit. Listen to us. Those who are of God, listen to us. That is the apostles that he's talking about there. In Hebrews chapter 5, we also see that we are to be trained in discernment. Discernment of good and evil. We have to look with discerning eyes. And and that takes some training. And training in the Word of God. And Paul said, I love what he said. 
is that our love may, so that he's reading this, and actually he's writing this thing, so that our love may abound in real knowledge and all discernment. Wanting to, for us to discern. We have to discern what is of the world, what is to be rejected, and what is to be accepted. And sometimes, folks, we are going to have to get away and we're going to have to spend long amount of time in this word, in this word. I think we need to take that seriously. And we have to be very careful to do so. God's people are called to be in a state of constantly hearing from God's wisdom. And that's not some kind of mystical thing, folks. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. You open the Word of God, you read through it. What is He saying? And then we adhere to it. It's a very simple thing, but we have to listen. God has spoken, and we need to listen. We need to listen. I like what uh, Arthur Pink, and we'll close with this. We cannot know the will of God if we are neglecting His Word, if we are ignoring His Word. We'll never know the will of God. You, You want the will of God for your life? It's not going to be some voice from heaven. It's not going to be some mystical thing from this word. Some little crazy thing is going on. No, it's going to be by the reading of God's word. He has spoken. He has communicated to us. And we have to be careful to listen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for wisdom. Solomon's little device there to get our attention so that we take seriously the the Word of God and and God's wisdom through God's Word. And and Lord, again, it points us to Christ. It points us to the ultimate wisdom as found in Christ, the ultimate Word. Lord, we thank You for that refreshing thought as well. Christ, He is our wisdom. He fulfilled this Word He lived it out and He did so perfectly. Lord, may we put our faith and trust in Him. If we haven't done anything else, that is the place to start. We will never understand this Word unless we come through Christ. Lord, help us to be, as believers, help us to be good listeners. You have spoken. May we check in with You. May we constantly be hearing from You on a daily basis. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.